beautiful. Listen. We have watched. Unguided. We have helped them progress. And seen them accomplish wonders. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Until now. Thank you for this. Oh, you're welcome. So now that Captain Rogers and Iron Man are both gone, who do you think's gonna lead the Avengers? I could lead them. <laughs> welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned though, there will be blood, guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, despair, tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. The world has never seen anything like this before. Today, we are talking about The Eternals. And uh, basically... This wasn't going to be an episode that The Real Zodiac was going to do, but with everything that we've been hearing, everything that I've seen, reviews, um, I need to I need to get my opinion out there. And for the six of you that listen to the show, um, I know that you have been asking me for my opinion on this on this movie. So today we are going to be talking about the Eternals. And I am not alone, so I want to go ahead and preface this. Amanda's going to be taking a little break from The Real Zodiac. Um, everything's good. She's great. Don't worry about that. So, But she, you know, with showbiz, the show must go on. So, of course, she knew that um, I'd have a backup ready to go because that's how I am. I just, I'm, I'm always prepared. Um, so... This person will actually be joining me for the time being until Amanda either wants to come back or whatever happens with that. Um, I'm bringing on Bethany, who actually was on The Witches and The Craft, and she is going to be taking the place of Amanda as my co-host for however long. So please say hi, Bethany. 
Hello, everybody. Yeah, so <laughs> I feel bad for making you basically see this movie because we talked about it for a while, and I said, you go, you excited to see The Eternals? And you said, no, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> so I wasn't, I, I wasn't gonna see it i really do appreciate you uh letting me force you to watch it so oh absolutely it gave me a reason to go to the movie theater so you know what i don't care right well we also have another we have two more people and these these people these people that's a word no uh the people that i'm bringing on have uh a really like special place in my heart um, because they kind of got me into this podcasting game that I'm in forever ago. And uh, I'm bringing them both on because they're two great guys, uh, best people I could ask to come on as well. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Devin to say hello. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Dude, <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting you on. I told you it's going to happen. You know, it just yeah. took like three years. But... Uh, here you are on, on my show after me being on your show, you know? Right. So, right. Here we are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, we, uh, go back and forth on Twitter sometimes. And, um, I did see you had the, the podcast. I was like, I got to hop on at some point. So, yeah. um, what better time than to talk about a Marvel movie like we used to. So Exactly. And, uh, of course, this next guy is, I, I've known him for years. This is probably like one of my best friends that I've, yeah, known since I was like 11. And so I had to bring him on because he was our other co-host in the show we did with you. Um, so I want to bring on Alex. Hey, how's it going? Alex, dude, right away. I wanted to wait till you're actually on. So you guys have probably noticed that my mic has been sounding awesome lately for the past, like, four months. It's because of Alex. This guy bought me a new mic because he's like, your sound, like, it needs to be better. And he hooked me up. So I want to I wanna thank you on the show for uh, purchasing this for me. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm glad to help out. Uh, you've been... It seems like you've been struggling a little bit, so I felt like it was time for an upgrade. <laughs> right, yeah, and I couldn't have asked for a better mic. This thing is awesome, and I hope that you don't hear me drop it because uh, it's happened a couple times, and usually I'm I'm really good at editing out, um, but now I have to be really good because here you are, and yeah. No, I, I really appreciate it, and now you get access to my, all the non-existent Patreon episodes that we have, so... Wow, I, I didn't I didn't know where that mic bit was going at first. I thought you were gonna say like it was a sponsored ad or something. I was <laughs> so all right, I want to talk to you guys about this movie because um, I I thought it was this is a movie that has about I want to say twelve to thirteen uh, like cast members throughout the movie. Obviously, Kid Harrington. It feels like he's a glorified cameo, but. We're focused on these many people, and so I wanted to bring on four people to talk about this movie because of its scale. And it's long. <laughs> it's a long movie. So I don't want to get too winded. Um, I need you all. So right. let's go ahead and kind of open the floor. Um, let's bring it back to, what was that? November, not even November. Was it November? Like, I want to say it was probably in early 2020 or maybe late. 
2019, this movie was uh, being announced along with a first look at Black Widow, along with uh, Thor Love and Thunder, um, Hawkeye Show, WandaVision, all these shows that and movies that were being announced for Phase 4, and Shang-Chi, that one was a big one too. Um, Eternals. I'm going to open the floor to whoever wants it. Um, actually, I'm going to start with Devin. Devin, what was kind of like your your initial thoughts of Eternals? Um, initial thoughts. I don't. I don't remember if the cast was announced back then or not. It was. Um, I, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, everybody was um, like announced, and it was crazy. Yeah. So uh, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I do remember. Um, and, and I remember seeing the cast and I was like, okay, you know, there's, you know, getting a Game of Thrones reunion with, uh, Kit Harrington and, uh, Richard Madden, obviously. Um, and then, you know, Angelina Jolie, about time she gets in the MCU, it seems like everybody, uh, of her era was in it at some point, even if it was just a cameo. So I was like, okay, finally she's going to be in that. Um, you know, you got the guy from Atlanta whose name is slipping my mind, but, Ryan Tyree Henry. Byron Tyree Henry, he's been great and everything. So I was like, okay, good. He's going to be in it. But honestly, I mean, I was just kind of like, you know, whatever. Um, it, it wasn't like at the forefront of my mind. Um, I, I knew WandaVision would be special when it was announced. That was kind of the first thing I, I saw that caught my mind. And, um, you know, this isn't the WandaVision podcast, but, uh, <laughs> I do love, I do love that show. Um, you're not alone. Think, you're not alone. I think that and Loki are probably the, the two best phase four things we've gotten so far. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of just like, okay, cool. You know, I'll, I'll see where this goes. You know, I'm 13 years into the MCU now. Like I'm going to check it out, obviously, but, um, it, it just, it wasn't something I was necessarily looking forward to back at the time. So, um, but you know, it, it's here and, you know, I, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad I've seen it. Um, you know, got some thoughts on it and everything like that, but you know, it, it, it especially having Chloe Zhao, um, directed, um, she just won that Oscar, uh, earlier this year, first, woman of color to win uh, an Oscar um, in the director category, which was um, groundbreaking. Um, so having what felt like an actual filmmaker behind a, a Marvel movie kind of caught my eye once, you know, the time was starting to roll around for that to be released. So um, to answer your question at the time, I was kind of just like, you know, whatever, but, right. um, but yeah, that, that was my thoughts initially. Perfect. Um, Alex, were you at all, uh, did you know any of the source material when it came to Eternals or was this kind of like your, your, um, introduction to it as well? Um, I would say I was like vaguely familiar with the Celestials. Um, right, however, same. uh, that's pretty much it. I knew that Thanos was somehow related or something like that to we'll them, to that. but that's about it. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then obviously Bethany, um, I feel like you and I might actually be on the same wavelength here, but what, what, what about you with just Eternals as a whole? Was, was there anything there that you felt like a connection to immediately or was this all kind of brand new? Um, when it first was announced, I was, 
honestly confused. I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but not much. Um, I was like, well, you know, this will be interesting. Like, let's see where they go with it. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like an immediate no. Why would you do that? Um, I think personally, I think it could have be, been reintroduced in like phase five in a different series, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, didn't know too much. I was like overly jazzed, kind of like you were, Devin. I was overly jazzed to know that Angelina Jolie was going to be in it for some reason. And, you know, I, yeah, just seeing, just seeing her kind of like in this universe. And, um, like I said, we'll get, we'll get to her character of Thena. But, um, let me go ahead and open the floor again. How many times did we all see this movie? I've seen it twice now. I've seen it once. Okay. Yep, once. Once. All right, so bring in the A game. All right, um, <laughs> let's let's kind of talk about theater experience because um, for me, the first time I saw it, I could see the audience slipping throughout the movie. Like I started seeing a wave of phones. Um, my wife sat next to a girl who was sneezing like a rabbit. Like I'm talking, achoo, 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 like over and over to the point where like Courtney couldn't hear dialogue. Um, we had a kid in front of us that was slamming his his uh, his hand on the armrest, you know, just periodically throughout the movie, just because he was bored. And I'm just sitting here watching this, you know. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay, this is something to take in mind. And my experience the second time was a lot different in terms of just nobody was really there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, no one's really going to distract me. Um, and like I said, this is going to kind of bleed into kind of what we're going to talk about. But, I mean, it's it, you could, like, see the disconnect from certain people in this movie. And, I mean, that was just like, okay, you know, great. But whatever. So that's kind of mine. Um, Bethany, what about you? Um, and I were the only people there until two seconds before the movie started. And then it was just another couple who sat like three rows down and to the right. Um, so it was it was just us. And I'm the type of person who is horrible to take to the movie theater because I have to find the center of the theater I have to sit in the middle. I have to be where all the sound is going to hit you perfectly. Um, so I like book tickets three days in advance just to make sure it was all good. Um, we almost went to the one where it wasn't IMAX, but it was like, you know, the arc screening um, with like the fold back uh, recliners and everything. Um, but they had heated seats and based on the reviews that were coming in, I really didn't want to accidentally fall asleep in the movie theater with the heated <laughs> seats. Yep, yep. So I just, I just went to the regular dream lounger section. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any, I think, I think we were all kind of really into it. I don't think there were any phones pulled out at any point. Uh, the people who were with us did not stay for the post credit scenes. So I was Big like, fans. noobs. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> please get out. You're obviously here for no reason. Right. Okay. What about you? Uh, almost called you Spider-Man. Oh, just saying that's, that's a running joke. I've, I've called Alex Spider-Man for years and I'm trying really hard not to, I don't know why that just almost came back up. 
I don't know where that came from. That's a classic. Yeah, right? Alex, what about you? What's your what was your theater experience seeing this? Um yeah, I definitely saw some people on their phones, even myself. Uh about like an hour and a half in, I checked and it was I was like, Okay, great, there's still an hour left somehow. Um Uh so yeah, I mean it it felt like it was dragging a little bit, but um I mean it was I'm a I would have much rather preferred to see this in a movie, so in a theater rather, so I'm glad that I went. Perfect, yeah. All right, and then uh, Devin, round us out, bud. Um, yeah, so this was probably my fourth theater experience amid, you know, uh, COVID. Um, and honestly, like, there's just something about seeing a movie with, like, a Marvel movie in theaters because obviously there's going to be a ton of fans. I mean, I, I went and saw Dune in theaters and the, the theater was, you know, decently packed, but it just didn't really have the same feel, honestly. Um, and, uh, I, I can tell, like, there was a guy directly in front of me. I can picture it clear as day, um, that did start checking his phone mid movie, right. but, um, yeah, there, you know, like there was a guy behind me. It almost sounded like he was overcompensating a little bit, but he was laughing like super hard at some of the jokes. <laughs> And I was like, mm, that wasn't that funny. This ain't it, brother. This ain't the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that wasn't that funny. Um, but, uh, no, it, it felt, it felt really good to be back in the theater watching a, a Marvel movie. Albeit one, like you said, that, I mean, nobody freaking knows who the Eternals are. Like, this isn't the same as watching Endgame or Infinity War in the theater, but. Or Spider-Man still, coming out, you know? Like, that's yeah, going to be exactly, a whole different exactly. thing. Exactly. So. Um, and, and then with the end credit scenes, like, uh, a couple people left. I was like, is, is this you guys' first rodeo? Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but even I had to check. I was like, are there two or is it just one? But, right. and the big two. Um, but even though I was like, I become clean, still don't know what the hell that Kit Harrington one was about. Um, we'll so I might need, yeah, might need a special. Um, but then, <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> seeing uh, Harry Styles is uh, Thanos' brother. That was pretty cool, but like nobody knows who that character is, so it's like it didn't. It doesn't get the same reaction out of people as you know seeing Thanos for the first time after Avengers or Sam um, Jackson as Nick Fury. Yeah, Sam Jackson or anything like that. So, um, but all in all, it was a pretty pretty cool theater experience. I would say. Cool. Well. Now I'm going to kind of like broaden the the stage here because we've kind of mentioned it and I, I, I'm mostly not going to say anything because I think people know if they've listened to the show how I feel in terms of the MCU. Um, but I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of just say this. I love the MCU. I'm going to watch anything they come out with because I mean, I've been invested since 2008. Um, I've liked, uh, I've loved, I've hated movies that they've had in here. Um, it's a big part of my life. And so that's kind of like my experience with the MCU. And like I said, people know that I've done reviews on movies before. I've been on podcasts where they reviewed movies before about this. Hell, I'm doing a Spider-Man retrospective series right now, just about Spider-Man, um, to get ready for the next MCU movie. So people should know by now how I feel about this. So this is kind of me giving it to you guys. I, I'm curious and I know some of the answers, but what's your experience with the MCU? I'm going to turn it over to Bethany. 
Uh, with the MCU in particular, um, I think when it first started with Iron Man, wasn't it about it? Um, I think when it began expanding, I started catching on with Captain a little bit. Um, but I think that the MCU, from a business mindset, I think they've come out with a great formula with how they come up with their movies, with how they do their scripts, with the exact actors that they bring on. I think that they are very smart in the decisions that they make, bringing them into the universe. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the one to immediately go out and see the movie. Um, it's not the first thing on my mind when it comes out. Like I just watched Shang-Chi last night. <laughs> I waited right. till it became free on Disney plus, you know? Um, but uh, I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy thoroughly most everything that they put out. Cool. Cool. Um, Alex, how about you, man? Great. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'll say like to start, I guess I was pretty similar to you, Quentin. I was pretty well on the hype train for quite a while there. Um, I sort of started falling off uh, about the time that like infinity war and Endgame came out. Um, you know, I was definitely excited for the end of that saga and how they were going to wrap that up. But at the same time, the other movies that weren't like tying into that directly uh, weren't really doing much for me, uh, a la Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, right. So, I mean, I, it's just gotten to the point where it's a little too formulaic. You know, I know what the movie's going to be every time. I don't feel the need to go see the movies anymore, really. This one, Eternals, I was wanting to go see mostly just because um, it seemed to be a similar situation to what it was like when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Um, so I was like, you know, let's see if they can recapture that magic. And eh is my um, <laughs> review of that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, I see most of the stuff that Marvel puts out now. Um, I think their shows are uh, quite a bit better than their movies now, but we'll see if that continues. Right. And then, of course, Devin. Um, I, I think, Quinn, you and I are going to have a lot of similar thoughts on this. Um, yeah, I, I'll preface this by saying I think the MCU is probably the single most impressive film franchise in, in all of the history of movies. Um, more impressive than Harry Potter, more impressive than Lord of the Rings, more impressive than Star Wars. Um, just by sheer scope and magnitude of it all. Um, now, this is not to say, I mean, obviously, I think there are some Lord of the Rings movies better than any, I mean, pretty much all the Lord of the Rings right. movies, yeah. not including <laughs> We're going to go ahead and talk about um, that. <laughs> are, are better than, you know, pretty much any MCU movie and, you know, uh, uh, a couple Star Wars movies you can throw in there. And, um, you know, there are other franchises, Indiana Jones, you know, on and on. But what they've been able to do, the MCU, for the past 13 plus years and um, just building and continuing to build a world on top of itself. Um, like it started out as Iron Man. I don't think he would have been able to tell me or anybody here seeing freaking 1,700,000 Avengers fighting Thanos uh, <laughs> in 12 years from now, and right. nobody would have believed you. You would have been like, what are you talking about? Um, but they, they pulled it off, and, you know, obviously there are some duds, there are some, like, not-so-great movies, but 
the, just the interconnectedness of it. I mean, it's just like comics. Like there are definitely, um, you know, within a, a single storyline, there are definitely some comics that I'm just like, yeah, I don't care about that. Like, I'm not going to like, it's not a great story, but whatever it ties in. And yeah, then obviously exactly. The no, I like that feel is, uh, is a lot bigger than the sum of its parts, you know? Right. Um, but you know, I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm into it now. Like I'm not just going to suddenly stop watching MCU stuff after I've been doing it for 13 years. Mm-hmm. It's going to take like a string of like, eight bad movies or shows or whatever. I mean, literally, literally that's all you need is just like, just because I think what we're getting next year is probably like nine things coming out. So that means like all nine have to tank for it. It's just got to be a really bad year. Exactly. Um, but, but, you know, similar to what Bethany, Bethany was saying, like, I haven't even seen Shang-Chi yet. I'm, I was going to watch it right after we get off of this. Um, and it's just like, Obviously, the pandemic had something to do with it, too. Like, I just watched Black Widow for the first time last week. Um, like, I, <laughs> uh, you know, just just some of the things, like, I can start to see, like, okay, I'm not really interested in that. Oh, that's going to be on Disney Plus in a month. I'll just wait. You know, things like that. So, um, but, you that. know, obviously with this, you know, I was like, let me go check that out in theaters just because, like I said, the cast was pretty ambitious, um, got a lot of great faces in there. The director, I love the director. Um, and it's, it, from, from the looks of it, it was something a little bit different, kind of like what Alex said, like how Guardians of the Galaxy, nobody really knew about them until the movie came out. So I was like, okay, let's see if they can recreate the same thing with that. But, um, yeah, in terms of the MCU, you know, I'm, I love it. I'm in it. Um, I, I thought WandaVision was brilliant. I thought Loki was also really good. Um, I, I like that they both were kind of like, they definitely had a moral feel to it, but they were different in, in a sense. Like they, they weren't just as formulaic as the other things. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Eternals as we go on, but I think this would have felt, it, it would have done better as a series rather than a movie. Um, but uh, I'll leave it yeah. at that for now. Right. Well, let's kind of get into it because we're we're kind of here uh, to discuss Eternals. So let's kind of get into it with just uh, telling you guys what the Eternals is about. Um, I know it's been out for a week, and I really wanted to give it the time to kind of like settle because I am that person that if you say it sucks, I'm going to be like, no, you suck. Let me tell you why it's great. You know, that's just how I am because I'm like, I want to give everything its power, you know, like, and this is another person that, you know, gave the rise of Skywalker. I was like, oh no, that was an A plus, you know, and then <laughs> I went back and I'm like, God, you know, <laughs> yeah, I remember when that came out, you were like, dude, that's the best Star Wars I know. Blah, blah. Like, I know. And the dude. fact that you came back to me, you know, as a friend and was like, yeah, I'll come on your show. You know, that, that shows <laughs> like true love. So thank you. Um, but yeah, so Eternals is following the events of Avengers Endgame. An unexpected tragedy forces the Eternals, which are ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years, out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. This movie was written and directed by Chloe Zhao. Um, we're looking at uh, Jim uh, Chan, Richard Madden. Uh, Kumal Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Keegan, 
Oh, Barry Keegan. Um, Don Lee, Harish Patel, Kid Harrington, Sama Hayek, and Angelina Jolie, and Bill Skarsgård as uh, Crow. So, yeah, let's let's kind of open up by just like saying our thoughts. You can. I, I want to know what you guys think. We're going to go ahead and rate this now so that we can get that out of the way, and then we can kind of go with our uh, sort of just breakdown of the movie. So, um, ooh, this is hard. I'm going to go with Alex. Alex, I want you to go ahead and rate this movie one to three reels. You can use increments. How would you rate the Eternals? And just kind of give us a little bit why you kind of rated it that way. And spoilers sure. galore. Go ahead and spoil it. Um. Okay, so I've been thinking about this a while, uh, just because one, you know, a scale of three is weird, so I had to figure the math out. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it, uh, I'm gonna give it a 1.8 out of three. Um, I, uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie, certainly, but it did lose me at parts. It felt too long, is the number one complaint. Um, and then, it's just like it it teeters on the edge of being a unique film and um being a marvel film so much that it's sort of frustrating to watch that go back and forth throughout the movie um additionally the villains um infamously i guess marvel villains are never very good and this one certainly continues with the trend are you telling me so, are you shitting on yellow jacket bro you yeah, tell me you don't like Yellow Jacket. <laughs> yeah, Yellow Jacket was bad. <laughs> um, so those are like the the main points I would say. Um, and it just doesn't. A lot of the reasoning that they give in this movie just doesn't really check out with me. But maybe it makes a lot more sense to you guys, so that's fine. Um, keep that keep that in mind. I want you to either write that down or something because I want you to bring that up later. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I'm going to give it to Devin. I want to know what you think. And also, I saw Bethany's face, uh, and I want to give you a little more time <laughs> to figure out your rating. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Devin. Okay. Um, like Alex also had to do some math because um, I, I wasn't really prepared for the <laughs> one through three rating. Um, so I guess that shows how I'm many I'm just trying to stay relevant, man. I, you know, I don't want to get too <laughs> crazy with it. Uh, just no, I hear so originally when I saw it, um, did some, you know, thinking about it, whatnot, um, my initial first thoughts straight out of the theater was about on my scale, about a 7.5 out of 10. Um, it's been a week. I saw it last Saturday. Um, I'm going to stay in the same ballpark. I don't quite think it's up that high. Um, but you know, I think I'm going to give it about a 2.1. Out of three, which is about a 70, um, out of a hundred. Um, reason being, um, so going in, obviously, like, saw all the reviews, like, it was the worst rated Marvel movie, like, and first I'm rotten. Like, yeah, first rotten Marvel movie. And I'm like, okay. Um, I watched Black Widow right before that, and I was like, how is that not the first Rodden Marvel movie? Um, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Black Widow wasn't bad, but it was just, it's whatever. Um, so then I saw Eternals and 
I didn't hate it. Like when I saw it, like obviously there were there were issues. Like I, I thought the pacing was not great, um, which is why I said it could have been better as a show um, because they did do a lot of jumping back and forth, present to past, present past, whatever. Which I actually liked a lot of the past scenes, and I would have liked to see that exp- expanded a little bit more, which is kind of ridiculous to say in an almost three-hour movie. We need but... to get more. Yeah, you're. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to like uh, break you up or anything, but it felt like that was an afterthought, right? Like showing us that time, and right. I told. I'm totally there with you. Like I would have loved it to be like fifty-fifty almost. Right. Like give us just as much because that's a lot of time, and then we're looking at what six days. You know, right. So sorry, yeah. go on, though. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so that's kind of why I said it would have been to, to me like, OK, so Disney decided to jump on the streaming train. Um, Marvel comes out with shows like um, WandaVision, Loki, uh, Captain America or Winter Soldier, Falcon, whatever. Um, I just don't understand why this one didn't make that cut to be a show. Um, especially because you do have so many new, brand new faces, brand new characters that nobody knows, and you're trying to develop them all in a two and a half hour runtime. Like, <laughs> I hate to make this comparison, but it almost, almost felt Zack Snydery. Yes. Uh, in that sense. Yes. <laughs> um, because it, it, I think it's a better movie than Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, but, thank God. I was, um, I was like, but it reminded me because there were so many characters in that. It's like, yeah. it's trying to develop them. And it's like, there's just not enough time, even though this is four hours long. Like there, there needs to be at least four or five more. If you're going to develop all these characters that, that and there needed, were double the characters. More in, of a movie, like, you know, yeah, I totally understand. It needed more movies before it led to this. Right. Right. Um, and I, and I almost like the idea of a team-up movie being their first movie if you take the time to develop them. Um, and there are some that are developed. Um, I think Richard Madden's character, Icarus, um, I, that's one thing I do disagree with Alex. I thought he was great. I thought that was, I thought he was a great, I thought he acted very well and I thought he was a great character. But the deviant, whatever that, yeah, Bro. that was, yeah. That that was a throwaway. They could have done without that in the whole movie, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Right. Um, but um, anyway, this is getting a little long-winded. But and it, it kind of sounds like I don't like the movie, but I did like the movie because it it, it felt like um, it, it's kind of cliche to say, but it did actually feel like these characters were a family and like they grew together for five thousand or whatever it was years. Um, I just would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Um, and a little bit more development there. Like Cersei on her own didn't have much to do. She was kind of boring. She didn't really have any character traits. And then, but as a part of the team, I liked her. Um, and I thought Gemma did a great job as well. Um, I thought the action scenes were very well shot. Um, you know, the CG wasn't great. I don't know how much of the pandemic had to do with that versus, you know, just Marvel-fying it all, but they weren't great, but it, it was fine. Um, I don't know. It, it I liked it. It just was very poorly paced, and that problem would have been fixed if it was a series, in my opinion. Right. Okay. I'm I'm glad that you uh, are bringing up these issues. Keep the like I said, keep those. Um, write them down, whatever, because I these are stuff I want to talk about. Um, because 
you know, like I, there, there are glaring problems in this movie and I definitely want to be able to talk about that. Um, and also, you know, just the stuff that we enjoyed. Um, so Bethany, you ready? I guess, um, (laughs) as Alex said, it was a terribly long movie, but as Devin mentioned, it was not enough time for that entire storyline. You're covering thousands of years of the Earth's development and um, the Eternals role in it. And you get snippets of it. And it it doesn't it doesn't do the story justice, honestly. Um, I think that. Let me think back to it. Um, I was I was listening to a couple of things and they were covering the different uh, comic stories of the Eternals and how they came to tell the backgrounds and the backstories. And um, it was pretty cool. I'd, I'd have to look up uh, which volume it was. Um, but I think I just I, I would have loved to have more time. Um, I kind of thought of how they started the new Dune franchise, um, how they started with the first opening part. I kind of thought maybe it could have took on a, a more Dune-esque atmosphere of you're not telling the entirety of this this story in, in one whole fail swoop. Um, I mean, I was very upset because Brian Tyree Henry literally had like maybe 10 minutes um, of uh, screen time within the first hour. Um, and I would I even loved, say less than that, for sure. I know. And yeah. I love Fasta so much. Um, so I was when he came back in, I was like, uh, finally, when where is this? Where are we at now? Uh, I do remember I was checking my watch a lot just like oh my gosh how long is this how long have i been in this theater but right. <laughs> uh, uh, but by the end of it i wasn't mad i spent my time in the theater i really enjoyed the story but like devin said i wish it was a series or even if they did a movie series even um but so that's just kind of my main my main grief with it is there just wasn't enough time to tell the entirety of what the Eternals are. Um, and I remember I was talking to Quentin before this and I was like, I'm like Charlie Day right now. Like there are 20 different red strings happening and I'm freaking out and trying to connect the dots of who is what and what is happening. And where is this? And there, there's this plot hole. Can we fill it? Is this really a plot? Like. So I think my my rating would have to be I didn't hate it. Um I didn't think it was the greatest. I I think I'd have to stick with like a, a solid two. Um Yeah. Okay. I I love these answers because they're they're different. You know, like we're not all sitting here saying this was the best experience I ever had or this was the worst experience I ever had. It's just kind of like you know, like there's enough there that we can work off of. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just give you guys my rating and we'll see how that sticks. I'm giving this a 2.4. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You were <laughs> going to say something. Um, I'm giving this a 2.4 because of these things. I really enjoyed all these characters even if we didn't have a lot, I love the valet. Um, he was great. 
Uh, his his comedic timing with Camille uh, Nagiani was just perfect. Um, I loved that we had the time we did with them. And it only makes me more excited because I like fell in love with all these characters enough that I want to see them again. And um, like I wanted Eternals too. I want them to be in these uh, other movies. I want them to be around the other uh, characters that have been established in the MCU. Um, you know, what you were saying, Devin, with Cersei, she was supposed to be our most fleshed out character because she's kind of our point of like, uh, interest or just point of view. character. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it just seems like that's all she is, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. not really that much to her. Everybody else is wondering why did Ajax choose you as our leader? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, why did she choose you? I don't get it. You know, like, what do you got going for you? And so I understood that. And, um, I mean, I loved certain uh, Eternals, and we're going to get into that. I love the post credit scene because, you know, it's just opening it up even further. Um, I love the post credit scene, what we get at the end, um, with what we could be getting with all that. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of uh, speculation, but we'll get into that. Um, I was fine with the Deviants. Yeah, they were kind of just like rabid dogs the entire time, except for Crow. Um I like the design of them, and I think they looked really cool. But you're right. They were just kind of there to be the problem and create the action sequences that we so needed. As uh, the valet said, he's like, we need action sequences. I thought that was very meta in terms of like probably what the viewers were like. Yeah, we need some action, you know. You guys are right. This movie is super boring if you're looking at it just from an action movie standpoint. If I was that kid that was banging on the seat, you know, I would be absolutely bored out of my mind. But thank God, like, I, I'm fine with dialogue. I'm fine with figuring out and seeing what's going on to the point where, like, I'm invested in it. And for a film that has so many great visuals... It was boring, you know, but I had fun with the boredom. I had fun looking at all these characters. I had fun learning about the Eternals history, the Celestials. I was super stoked when we got to learn about these Celestials. And when we first see Erishim, I'm not talking about like the statue that's at the beginning that puts that ball into Sama Hayek. I'm talking about when Sama Hayek is talking to Erishim. I'm sitting there like, you know, seeing, you're only seeing four eyes and just like a huge ass forehead. And I'm sitting there like, this is insane. You know, this is like the level and scale of what Galactus is going to be later on in the MCU if we get him. Um, He's going to be bigger. Oh, well, yeah, I hope so. But it's just like insane for me to think. And uh, I know Devin just left. I'm going to keep going. I he'll He'll hopefully be back. I don't know what happened. Um, but like we had, uh, a little, like I said, a cameo with Dane Whitman, but there's so much with his character, the black Knight. And, um, I, I just know that what we're getting uh, down the pipeline is going to be so awesome that like, I had fun with this, but I will say, and I'm going to end it here. Um, this movie is not rewatchable. You can't just sit here and watch this three times in a week and enjoy it. 
I was sitting there the second time thinking, gosh, I just want to get through this part because I know this is happening. And that's just how it is. And that's fine. I will probably visit this movie maybe every two years or three years or whenever I do a rewatch of the whole MCU. But I'm not going to sit there and say, let's turn on the Eternals. You know, like, let's let's check this out. You know, like, it's not that's not going to be me. Not like Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of like what you're talking about, Alex. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you want to see where he went? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, shoot him a text. We can we can take a little break here because I we were kind of going for a minute there. If you guys need a second, no worries. I just got my goldfish, so we're good. I'm going to say it now, but fuck Sprite. <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing it up because, yeah, I, I'm excited to... I, I know I said your favorite Eternal, but I also want to know your least when we get back into it. Um, and I think, yeah, mm. that's going to be fun. I think ugh, I might have to go with... Uh, what's his name? Jeez, I have to find him here on this list. As I might have to go with Druig just because I can't stand Barry's face. I just can't. Right, I don't know what it is about him. I can't either. I don't know what it is about him, but I just can't stand to look at him. That's right. so funny. <laughs> what's up? I'm back. Hey. <laughs> You're that good. outlet I was just at was not charging my laptop at all, oh. so I had to... No problem. Switch to my bed. Got you. Because <laughs> it died. Um, I just finished my review, so don't don't worry about it. Like we didn't, and then we just took like a, a second there, so you're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my rating. Um, so we got a what did you say, Alex? One point eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a two. We got a two point uh, four for me, and then you said uh, two point two point one. One. Yeah. All right, so in the ballpark, I'm fine with that. Uh, they're kind of closer together. Um, I would have loved if Alex said, you know, 0.5, but, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll make with what we got. Um, let me go ahead and just say this. I want to know everybody's favorite and least favorite Eternal um, because this will obviously let me know if you'll be on the rest of the show. Um, Alex, go ahead and, and tell me your favorite and least favorite. Oof. Um, I guess... My favorite, oof, this is, I, I think it's pretty much a tie, um, for both, honestly. Um, uh, Athena, Angelina Jolie, or Gilgamesh were probably my favorite Eternals. Although, okay. Festos is also up there. Right. I'm a fan of him as well. Um, <laughs> however, least favorite, I know that Sprite is very unlikable, but, um, I don't know. I I really I know that I would have liked Makari a lot more, but it felt like they sidelined her a lot. So that's one reason that I didn't like her. But I also just don't really like Barry Kyogen or however you say Keegan. his last name. His face. K- 
Keegan. Yeah. I can't stand to look at him, so I'm going to have to go with Druig as my least favorite. <laughs> I hate you so much. I seriously do. You're the worst person that ever existed. He was also a miserable person. Though, yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, think about everything that he's seen, what that does to your mind when you see conflict and you can't resolve it and you know how to and you're going to you, you just can't. You know, I mean, Festos also had that problems, but yeah, yeah but you know, fine. he got a family. So I don't know. Yeah, sure. Whatever, man. No, I, I, I understand sort of, um, what about you, Devin? Um, okay. Favorite. I think, I think my favorite was Icarus. Um, I, uh, I liked his character arc, you know, it, I, I thought the idea of what they did with him was really cool. Like this guy who kind of knows what's going on, but like can't really tell the others because he doesn't want to hurt them. But then he has a duty to uphold. So he's kind of conflicted that way. Um, but then the end, you know, he, he fails like, and I like that he didn't like, they didn't convince him that what he was doing was wrong. Like he stuck to his guns the whole time. And I mean, he failed at the end and then, well, you know, he saw um, Cersei at the end and it's like, you know, my love for this woman versus my love to the duty. I got to uphold, like that's the conflict of of it all. And uh, eventually his love for her won and he didn't stop her from doing what she was doing. But, you know, up to the very end, he stuck with his convictions and, um, you know, it, it, it really felt like almost, almost like a Superman gone bad or what, what that would look like. Cause he was your typical Superman type character with obviously a little injustice thrown in there for those who are familiar with that storyline. But, um, I, 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 he, he was my favorite. I liked him again, would have loved to have that fleshed out a little bit more and in a longer format to kind of see that conflict a little bit more. Um, obviously they couldn't spend too much time on it because that would have ruined the reveal. And, um, but I think in a longer sort of format, we would have been able to see that a little bit more, but as it stood, I liked him the most least favorite, you know, like Alex said, I think Sprite is made to be unlikable. So, I mean, obviously, you know, she's going to be there like, um, you know, at everybody's bottom of the list. Um, her reasoning was, kind of shaky for for her actions and um also yeah i don't it didn't make sense why freaking the eternal or the celestial made her a kid like i don't get that either to be honest so i'm I'm there with her and they don't explain (laughs) it you know like no no, they don't explain that at all like i don't i don't get it so um (laughs) but uh so so i'm with her there but at the end of the day yeah she was probably my least favorite um dina i liked a lot as well but again would have been nice to see her fleshed out a little bit more. I thought what they did with her was really cool, but it just didn't have the proper time to develop enough. Um, but uh, I actually kind of liked Druig as well. Uh, his his reasonings also made sense, but you know, if if I were to rank them, you know, Icarus would be my first, and Sprite would be my last. Okay, Bethany. Um, I think. Uh, well, I'll just start with the one I did not like, which is Sprite. Um, I did not, first of all, I hated the Peter Pan reference between her and Icarus. It just really geeked me out. Um, but, um, 
her ability to flip flop on, uh, you know, the people she loves so much, you know, she weeped and cried when she found Ajax dead. And then when she found it, Icarus killed her, didn't care. She went with Icarus. She uh, wanted she's... that ick dick. I know. I know. Um, right, so, well. <laughs> <laughs> so even though she complained about having to be stuck in a child's body and she needed to grow up and, you know, she's lived for thousands of years and has all this wisdom, she still made such childlike decisions. Um, so I, I, I couldn't stand her. Um, I love Gemma Chan. I wanted to love Cersei so much, but I, I just, I can't seem to really wrap my love for her um, as I would for uh, Icarus. I love Icarus. And um, I also loved uh, Fastus. I wish we had more time with him than what we were received. And then, I mean, everyone has to love Kingo. Um, he's the comedy um I I also loved his uh storyline of he was playing um his great grandfather and his father and now him in the uh the movies for Bollywood. Um it's very reminiscent of a a Twilight Zone episode, so I thought it was really funny and really cool how uh he kept being this main figure in Bollywood without causing too much of a stir. I think wouldn't he have just been perfect for, like, not Camille Nanjiani. I meant, like, Kingo would have been perfect for Bond. Like, just he would have just oh, kept yeah. playing him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, never have to worry about that. The only reason I bring up Bond is because this has been going around. Richard Madden needs to be the next Bond. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. That's what I need. Oh, God. So beautiful. And, like, his little chest hair is poking out of, like, his, like, Eternals uh, suit. I was like... Rugged. Okay. Also, I want to mention this before I give you mine. Did you guys, when you first saw the movie, and you know, we didn't get subtitles with it, when, uh, they're looking at the world after, after they're looking at Earth after they were just like created or whatever, and Cersei and Icarus are there, and Cersei's like, isn't it beautiful or whatever? And he goes, I'm Icarus. It sounded like she said, I'm sassy. Yes, Cersei, <laughs> and I laugh. I laugh so hard because I'm just. Like yeah, I'm sassy. See, like I, I can kind of. It's, it just has that. She has that accent, you know. She has that accent. And she's going around. I loved it. It just cracked me up. Um, no, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you all that Kingo, Gilgamesh, Thena, um, and Druig. I mean, it's they're they're it's a four way tie. Sorry. I love them. I love all four of them. I couldn't pick. I sat there and I was thinking like, okay, well, I like this. I like this, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it's a four-way tie. I love them so much. And God, Devin, I wish you didn't tell me that it could have been, like, it should have been a show because that's all I'm thinking is like how much time they could have devoted to each character and just all of that. I mean, think about it. Just have like a 10-part uh, like limited series I think would have been perfect. You know, um, but yeah, I do have a problem with Sprite, um, just because she is the one that you're supposed to kind of be like, okay, like, why are you here again? You know, and she's just kind of there. Um, but the problem that I have in, it's not her fault. And you kind of mentioned it, Alex is Makari. She was the least 
utilized Eternal in everything. And I don't know if it's because of just like, you know, she is, she's, you know, one of our first, uh, portrayed deaf actors or actresses in a Marvel movie or just like a superhero in general. But like, I don't know if that was the reason, but like they, they just like underutilized her so much in this movie and we didn't really get to have as much with her. It would just felt like she was sort of an afterthought. It seemed like she was there to film her scenes in like a week. You know, and that's not what I what I envisioned, I guess. I would love more with Makari. And I'm glad that, like, she is still part of, like, going forward. She's still going to be a thing and we'll kind of get there. But she's probably my – she's probably an Eternal that I love to see but was least used. And in turn, that makes me not like Marvel. No, it makes me not like the movie more because they underutilized her and she could have been a lot more. So um, everything else that we're going to be discussing now, I'm not going to be asking, hey, Alex, hey, Devin, hey, hey, uh, Bethany. This is going to be an open floor. Everybody gets to kind of talk as much as they want um, because we're not going to dive through scene by scene. Say the scenes you want to, especially with what we're going to be going over. But I kind of just want to bring it out and those were kind of my big questions that I wanted to go in uh, to it but I gave you guys the outline let's talk a little bit about the deviants and I'm going to open the floor to anybody who wants it because I know that a lot of you guys said some stuff about it but yeah let's let's go on I'm just going to say right away deviants they look badass but they could have looked better this is 2021 you know, like they, those effects could have been better. I yeah. thought they were very reminiscent of, maybe that's just because I just watched Shang-Chi last night, but I thought they were very similar to the soul suckers in Shang-Chi. You're right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about what those look like and especially the big soul sucker too, like that, the design and everything totally, totally see it. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed in what they did with the deviants. I hope we give more of them. Um, I, I think they were starting to come around with, um, what the, the villain whose name is so forgettable because he was, yeah, Crow. Yeah. I think they were starting <laughs> to come you, around bro. to it towards the end. Uh, but it, it just didn't get there. But like the deviants, like, I mean, Thanos has the deviant gene in the comics and they don't even, mention that at all and i think they might be getting there with what's his name arrows or whatever um mm-hmm. harry styles star fox um, yeah being his yeah star fox being his brother um they they're probably going to mention that at some point in the future which is just going to create more retroactive plot holes but we'll get there when it gets there but um yeah they just kind of felt there to be like the the action set pieces which honestly it would have been it would have been super cool. They're never going to do it because, I mean, it's a Marvel movie. It's a, it's a blockbuster. But, like, what if there just wasn't a main villain? And, like, their whole issue throughout the movie was just them trying to stop the world from ending, basically, blah, blah, blah. And there aren't these huge, big action scenes. And it becomes more of a drama and a race against time and whatnot. Um, and, and then, eventually, they do have to fight Icarus to stop him from stopping them, essentially. But I think that would have been 
really cool and it would have definitely deviated a little bit more from the Marvel formula, but um, obviously they're, they're never going to do that. So there had to be some sort of something to punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't think the deviants, they just weren't very good. Um, yeah. And like you said, they didn't look great either. So um, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I agree pretty much with everything that Devin just said. And I also want to just throw a stray at the people who made the trailers and blame them as well, because pretty much the only interesting thing that happened with the deviants was spoiled in the trailers, um, where it like evolves into a humanoid sort of creature. Um, yeah. So um, it just, you know, I didn't expect anything from them really because, you know, I saw that there was one big main deviant. I was like, okay, that one's going to be a person later. So somebody else is going to die. Um, (laughs) yeah. uh, so, and you hated that it was Gilgamesh. Oh God, yeah. I hated that. Um, Which again, I know I, I keep I keep harping on this, but it would have been so much better as a series because then like you could flesh out him like hunting the Eternals and like stealing one of more of their powers and like it it wouldn't have just happened like overnight. It kind of felt like and this guy isn't fleshed out. Like it would have happened over a ten episode span and. He becomes an actual antagonist rather than just a, an obstacle to, like, they they didn't even pay him any attention in the last fight except for Thena. Like, yes. they were just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I was like, hey, who, who's he on? What side is he on? Yeah. Just like, who, who hey, guy? throw him in that cave. <laughs> throw him in that cave. That's what. Yeah. That's that's the thing, Devin. I seriously think, and I don't know anything about it. I didn't look up anything. This is just pure speculation on my part. I feel like Chloe Zhao. Her movie was a drama. And like right. what we what we were getting was obviously the purpose of the deviants being there, and that's why they were made. So that like beginning sequence I felt like was it. Where we were gonna get like um like hey, this is why uh we're here, we're fighting these deviants, this is a really badass scene for you guys to like kind of see who we are. Um and then I feel like the rest of it would have been that drama of a race against time, like taking over the six days. And um, I just felt like the Marvel and Disney were just like, how are we going to sell toys? How are we going to be able to like get people to go into the theater knowing that there's going to only be like two action scenes in this whole movie beginning and end, you know, I felt like the deviants were such an afterthought when it came to it, because like you said, at the end crow comes up on shore and I know me, I was like, what is he going to do in this? You know, like he's so <laughs> outmatched against all these, you know? Yeah. And, um, he like lands that punch on Icarus and I'm like, bro, just get out of here, you know? And like right. to the point where I don't care, I don't care about you. So also like what, what's his end game here? Like, okay. So you're fighting the, like they're, these Eternals are stopping this planet from exploding essentially if it explodes you're dying too so yes. like, why are you now an obstacle trying to stop them from doing that that didn't make any sense exactly that's what i'm saying like it was just such an afterthought to me and like putting him in the end like that that honestly i don't think was supposed to be chloe Zhao's vision at all and it just sucks that we got it that way because it creates that unnecessary like problem of get out, you know, like you're not needed in this movie anymore. So yeah, I, I'm totally there with you. So 
what we're saying is we could have gone without the deviants altogether. Yeah. If you, if you take the deviants out the movie, it, it really doesn't change much at all. Like you said, if they're just in the beginning kind of to establish, okay, these are the Eternals, these are their powers, this is how strong they are, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get that. Um, and then you could still keep the storyline, okay, we eradicated all of them in 1500 or whatever, now they're all gone. And you could even still have the storyline of, oh, maybe they're back, like, that's why uh, Ajax is dead. And yeah, yeah, keep that whole like, thing a mystery, but it's really Icarus right. the whole time. Exactly, exactly. That would have been much, much better in my opinion, but... Um, and, and even then, like you could have kept the action scenes with deviants, just like in the past scenes, when we see them kind of eradicating them all, like they right. could have still been in the movie, but bringing them to the present, that just, that didn't make any sense to me. That, that was a part in the movie where I was like, no, nah, this, this doesn't work in my opinion. It kind of ruined for me, the, uh, Amazon scene, um, with like Druig getting his, uh, reintroduction, I like mm-hmm. I said, like I said with the um valet, he's like, We gotta get action, you know? Like that's that's right. what I thought. Like it just it seemed like okay, here's a lull, so we gotta have something happen here. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, it just it, it sucked. It sucked seeing that because you could see how underutilized or not underutilized, but like how <laughs> King you got Kingo and Icarus and uh Thena who has her mad weary um mm-hmm. and then Gilgamesh. Those are like the only people that could really do some damage, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. like it, it just know, wasn't set up. You know what would have been cool actually now that I think about it. So instead of Sprite's like betrayal of everybody going with Icarus coming out of almost nowhere towards the end, it would have been really cool to see like Icarus manipulate his her love for him. Um, mm-hmm. in the beginning. And, and if you think about it, like she has like the, those powers where she can create visions or like spectacles, whatever you want to call it. Like she could have, if, if she was on his side from the beginning, like they could have just faked the turn or the deviants being back with her like projections or whatever. Right. Right. And then, like you said, it could have just been, you know, him, a mystery, like, Oh, are the deviants back? But it's really Icarus, and like he could have killed Gilgamesh um, the same way he ended up dying. But they stage it to make it look like a deviant did it, and then exactly. that way you don't have to to bring the deviants back. That serves no real purpose in the end. Um, I, I think that's a small little simple tweak that kind of just fills up some potholes, in my opinion, and character decisions that just come out of nowhere and. Um, I think that would have been really cool, but what do I know? I'm not a film writer. I'm not in those, <laughs> I'm not in those, uh, writers rooms, but right. I, I think, like you said, I, I think Marvel kind of stepped in and was like, we gotta sell toys. We gotta sell tickets. Right. You want to see right. action. It's a Marvel mm-hmm. movie. Like you gotta do this. So, um, if, if the Marvel branding wasn't on it and it was just a closed out film and this is what she was doing, I think, like you said, I, it's just speculation on our part, but I, I would almost bet that the Eternals or the Deviants wouldn't have been in it as much as they were. Perfect, yeah, for sure. Anything you want to add, want to add Alex? Uh, no, I think Devin summed it up pretty much, pretty okay. well. Uh, I mean, I had some other points earlier, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Bethany, anything else before we uh, kind of get off the Deviants? 
No, um, I do like that, that slight change that, uh, you started talking about, Devin, though. I think that really would have changed the pacing of the movie and kept us really involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have enjoyed it a little I, bit better. Personally. I will say, yeah, for sure. I, I will say that, um, kind of jumping to the end here, but like, when we do see Sprite and she goes, no, I'll go with you, Icarus. I thought she was like going to double cross him this, mm-hmm. that whole time. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved that. Like that would have made Sprite a lot more, you know, believable in terms of like, <laughs> I'm not a real person. You know, like I can't grow up, you know, we get it. You know, it sucks. <laughs> we saw your struggle at the beginning, yeah. you know, like you don't have to, it just seemed like that was just the only reason that she stabbed Cersei. And right. I was sitting when she stabbed her. I was like, "Okay, maybe you're. Are you a method actor? Are you like really going for this? Because I thought you were yeah. like, you know, doing the doing the switcheroo. But no, she was like really invested in what Icarus was doing, and that's where I was just like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I don't care about you." Yeah, anymore. it's like their their whole reasoning, like, "Oh, she loves Icarus. This is why she's doing it." Was like, that wasn't she, enough. Like, we we like. <laughs> it's also like we haven't really seen much of that really like i haven't seen one glance over at cersei for being in love with it like like it just it came out of nowhere honestly. yeah and my like i was like okay i guess that's the reasoning we're going with uh, if you want to but um like i said it would have made a lot more sense if you know they kind of developed that from the beginning and uh icarus was kind of manipulating her love for him and to doing things that he wanted to do, that would have made a lot more sense to me than all of a sudden, like, yeah, I'll go with you. And right. her kind of Anytime emotional feel was even like mentioned or brought up, like it just didn't, it, it wasn't fully there. Like, um, Sprite leaving them. They were like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. She's in love with him. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then they like, and then Kingo was like, listen, uh, I agree, but like, I'm just going to remove myself and then just leaves. And you're just like, Oh, okay. Well, he makes sense. And then at the end, you know, Cersei's like, well, you did stab me, but listen, I will grant you your wish and you will be a human. (laughs) Everything's forgiven. It's fine, honey. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And then, um, when Icarus did mention all this, you know, I killed Ajax. I've known all along. And Cersei like sheds like one tear. I'm like, you have loved this man for thousands of years and he just went behind your back and all you did was just shed one tear and go, but why? No, no absolutely not. You should at least be raging. You should be throwing something like I know that's not you, but like, damn, Bethany, the yeah. robots, man. That's why I don't. <laughs> yeah, I am too, but like, <laughs> or you're going to say, Alex, sorry. Yeah, the the part with uh it, telling Gilgamesh about Ajax dying also stood out to me there because they're like, they're like Gil, he's she's dead, and he's like, oh no, I'm really sad, and then pie on the floor. Oh, that's funny. You know, let's laugh at his pie falling out of the pot now instead well, no, of I was like, him Aw. being sad. You know, and then he like squishes the you know the the what what are those? God, steel. Pan, what are those called? Yeah, the pan, the cast iron skillet. Cast iron yeah. skillet, yeah. Those things are expensive, you know. So you got to feel for them. You're like, oh no, oh, you, you know. I, I was like, no, it felt like it felt like to me they were like, okay, we can't let the children be sad. We can't let right. the children be sad. We have to make them laugh really right. quick. So after showing her dead scene, though, but yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> we've had our sad scene. We had you know Sprite crying. No more crying. Right. No more. Yeah. Cr- 
Um, no, so let's let's talk a little bit about Celestials here because, like I mentioned, I was really pumped to see the Celestials kind of like in fruition and in the MCU. Um, I mean, we our our big guy that we keep looking at is Arishem, um, the Judge in the comics. He's Arishem the Judge, and here he's just Arishem. He doesn't start judging until the end. Um, I loved his design. I think that is where the money went is in 2021 is in the design of Arishem. And then the other Eternals, they looked, they looked beautiful. Like I loved it. It was, it was very reminiscent and God, people are going to hate me when I say this of Transformers. Like they looked like sleek enough. Like I'm talking, it just looked good and kind of believable. Um, that's like the farthest I'll go in terms of comparing that to Transformers. But I, I just, I loved Arishim's like just being and just what I say goes. And that's that, um, his whole discussion with Cersei and explaining how everything was made, like basically the creation, um, for her and the deviants and just like why the emergence is a thing. I went with it all. Like that was probably one of my favorite scenes because it just looks so beautiful and just kind of like, that's obviously our data dump as to, as to what is happening, but I went with it. Um, so I'm going to bring it to you guys, whatever, whoever wants to take it from there. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the celestials and like how it kind of deals with the plot of the movie. Um, uh, even if, um, I ignore all of the plot around the Celestials. Um, I've known that they're like a massive part of like, you know, Marvel stuff going forward. And I think that the payoff absolutely worked here. Just visually, even if I ignore everything else, I think that the visuals were good enough to just like, okay, I'll listen. You know, you can talk about stuff for 35 minutes if you really want. I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter because it looks great. I mean, like you said, I think it looked really good and the scale was, you know, excellent, like excellently done. You know, they're way bigger than anything else we've ever seen. And even if we later find out that Thanos, you know, in, in the comics and stuff like that, maybe Thanos has, you know, taken them down a notch himself, but it does, certainly doesn't seem like that. It, it really does feel like we're up another level at this point. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'll agree. So, like, you know, like Alex said, if I separate, like, their plot um, relation to the movie, it was just really fucking cool to see, like, some Celestials on screen. Like, like it, I, I think it's really cool that Marvel, where the MCU has gotten to the point that we can see these, like, more abstract concepts, like, that the comics have been doing for a while now, like... Um, you know, if you like, like we, we saw a little bit of the Celestials, obviously, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and, you know, in, in that scene where it like wipes the face of the planet and then the, the head is a Celestial of oh, what's that place? Is it nowhere? Nowhere, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's the head of a Celestial, like a dead Celestial or whatever. It was really cool, but like we actually get to see like one fully on fruition and it actually gets a decent amount of screen time. This is really dope to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is going to be an issue with Marvel going forward. Um, now that they expand the universe, it's just something that, for one, I think this movie gets dinged, um, from, from a lot of people, um, unfairly about how it 
you know, retroactively creates plot holes for past movies. Like, yeah, it does, but like that's just going to be the case with every movie going forward because obviously they didn't know the scope of how big this was going to get back in 2012. Um, so they, it's hard to plan for that. So obviously there's going to be some some retcons and um, plot holes that's created in past movies, but um, but it, it, it's just cool to see, like I said. Um, and hopefully that opens the door to us maybe seeing Galactus. I know that now Disney has the properties to the Fox properties. Hopefully we can see something like that in the future. Um, or, you know, obviously, uh, we, we get the, uh, the, what's his name? The Watcher, um, in the What If series. We're getting to see stuff like that. Uh, so Design of Celestials are absolutely beautiful. It was breathtaking seeing it in the big screen. I kind of wish I saw it on the even bigger screen. Um, I think that would have been even cooler. But I think with the Celestials, you know, we're opening up even a bigger realm of, you know, Celestial being first introduced to us in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with Ego. And then what exactly is Star-Lord in comparison and how that fits in. And then you know galactus is larger than any celestial so now you're talking about bringing in you know the fantastic four um i would love for someone to figure that out because i love the fantastic four like that was my comic book series growing up was the fantastic four right uh and then x-men uh as well those were the two comics i read and the shows i watched on the weekends um so i would love to see those come in galactus is such a cool villain um so i'm really excited to see that come in and then uh, I just briefly mentioned how uh, some of the fan theories were about uh, Sprite now that she's human, um, about her somehow coming back in the next movie being like the first mutant. And that's how they would introduce the X-Men series um, into Marvel's uh, big realm again, which I'm not I'm not a huge fan of. They can they can keep that separate personally. Right. But, you know, that's. Marvel has a mind of its own, and sometimes they don't like to listen to their fans, so it's fine. Yeah, I I would be, I mean, yeah, that would be weird, but it would give uh, Sprite something to do and like make her impactful, I guess, towards finally, you know, more as kind of like this is kind of like her defining thing Mm -hmm. going forward while everybody else is doing stuff because she is, um, she is now human so to kind of look at that that'd be kind of different kind of kind of interesting for sure so um i yeah I, i'm glad that we're all kind of in agreement in terms of just like we we like the celestial we want to see more of that um come, going forth i would love that i would love to see more and more and uh it's just the comics they're there i mean we get to obviously get the chance to have uh at our fingertips you know, the, the chance to, to look up all the stuff we want to in terms of Celestials. But seeing it on a big screen is just a different vibe, and it's just perfect. It was it was great, and I think they really excelled in doing that. Um, and the guy that they got um, to voice Arishem, I mean, he's he's mostly known for voiceover work. Like, he just – he does a lot of video games. And so I was like – damn, that's kind of cool that they go they went with kind of – not a no-name, but like somebody who isn't – Patton Oswalt, you know, <laughs> getting him as Pit the Troll. So um, just wanted to mention that. But, yeah, we kind of went over action scenes and kind of the explanation of characters. 
Um, I guess my next question is, what does this movie, just what we've seen in the contained two and a half hours, not the mid-credit scene, not the post-credit scene, what do you think this is going to do for the MCU in terms of, uh, like, what we what we saw, I mean, just in this movie with uh, Tiamat as, as being the celestial that's within the boundaries of our world, our Earth, um, kind of going forth. Devin, do you need a minute, man, just to get a mic or anything? Yeah, no problem, dude. Take take the time you need. It's it's all good. So, because I want to get your, I want to get what you need to say. So, I'll I'll give the floor to like Alex or Bethany, and then while you're kind of so, all right, uh, Alex, we haven't heard from you in a while. What 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 about you, man? What are my thoughts on Tiamat or whatever his name is? Just what what does Tiamat and kind of just everything that we saw in this movie? How do you think this is going to affect the MCU going forward? Uh, honestly, I think I'm going to have a hard time answering this question, um, because it seems to have not affected anything, um, <laughs> or lack thereof, but that, yeah. but that doesn't really make any sense to me. And I don't think that makes sense, uh, uh from like a narrative per- perspective going forward either. Um, like this should have, you know, they like freeze him in time and abort the celestial baby, um, but, right. <laughs> like this this would still be like a global event. Um and it essentially like it really had no effect on anything. Um like sure there aren't a lot of other heroes on earth per se right now, but you would think that Doctor Strange would be like, "Hey, there was an earthquake that literally the entire globe felt." Um that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know. Uh maybe I should check this out. But they've also, I don't know what they're doing with Doctor Strange. They seem to have nerfed him, like, significantly, not only in power-wise, but just, like, intelligence-wise as well. So, right, yeah, from what we've seen um, in No Way Home. Yeah. Um. So, you know, whatever. Uh. But then, like, I just think it would have some sort of environmental effect as well. Like, it's not like they stopped it before it happened. He was, like, he was a good three-fourths the way out there, it looks like, for the most part, you know. Or, you know, halfway out at least. And they were just like, oh, everything's fine. You know, the, there's no, nothing weird going on now. We just have a big iceberg down here in wherever we are. Right. I, I do want to mention that I thought with what we were getting with Tiamat and just like how his hand and his, uh, head was out. Um, I thought we were going to be able to see that from Earth or something. And yeah. how sick would it be to just see this hand when you see Earth? Like, that that would create some kind of, like, um, I don't know. Like, that would be insane to, to, like, go forth in the Marvel Universe is, like, any shot of Earth, you see Tiamat's hand and his, like, his head coming out, you know? Like, I don't know. that. Mm-hmm. But for it to not be the case, I was I was slightly let down. But I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Bethany, what about you? Uh, my personal thoughts is I would also just love to hear from the humans that live in the Marvel universe a bit more. Um, the first thing that, uh, I turned to Chad when, um, she turned Tiama into an iceberg, I was like, well, at least she calmed down global warming just for like a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but like, we'll see how that goes. 
Um, but you get to the ending and everyone's like, well, you know, after the snap and I would just love to have more human interaction of like, what is happening? Are they okay with it? Are they just kind of over it at this point? Um, cause it's just a chaotic world. Um, so I thought it'd be really interesting from like the humanistic perspective of those living in the vast Marvel universe. Um, I think it's going to change in terms of, you know, the unsung heroes that were written into the comics that we have not seen because we've been so focused on, you know, the main six. And um, I think it's going to bring in a lot of groups or individuals that a lot of people have fallen in love with. And now they're going to get some time, whether it's in a, a series or on TV um, I know at one point the Eternals and Thor and Loki have um, an adventure of their own. So I think it'd be really cool if they even got some time in um, Loki or if they just had Thor come in and, and join in a little bit. Um, I think that there's a lot of storylines that can be told with them. So I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting uh exactly where they go from from this this plot point i think it opens up a whole different realm of what can be done yeah okay yeah i i'm excited to see what happens it just gets me hyped for if we do get any eternals too um i think that would be kind of where we need to be with star fox and pip the troll with what we're going to see with them but I don't know. We'll we'll kind of see. Um, Devin, is there anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, I am uh, kind of in the same boat as Alex. Like, hey, this was like a cataclysmic, world, near world-ending event. Like, obviously, like we all know that's going to happen because we know that the world isn't just going to explode as the audience. Um, but you would think this would be something that would catch Doctor Strange's eye. Like if this thing fully comes out of the earth, the planet's just going to explode and he completely fails at his job because he's supposed to be the protector of this realm or whatever. Right. Um, but, um, I, I think that's just an issue with any superhero movie, especially one. And, you know, universe this massive, obviously logistics is going to get in, come into play. Like they couldn't get fucking, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to be in the movie for whatever reason, blah, blah, blah. But it it does create those sort of problems. And it's like, that's kind of interesting. Um, because like you said, that that's definitely something that would catch his eye. And like, what if Thor just like, I don't know, he comes to Earth one day and he sees it's destroyed. Like, what, what does that have? What does that do now <laughs> with him? Like, yeah. <laughs> like and, and we don't really get to see any of those implications. So, um, which, you know, thinking about it, it would have made a little bit more sense if maybe this story wasn't told in the present because then you could get around some of those plot holes. But, um, but anyway, uh, it, it is going to be interesting to see, you know, like, how this is talked about in the future. Like, is it just going to be glossed over? Like, I'm not sure. I've been trying to keep um, or or look at as little as possible with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, but I'm not sure when 
like that movie is set is it a similar time as this like is that is are either of those events gonna play into each other at all um like i said i don't know i don't want to know i kind of want to go into that movie as blind as possible um like i've only seen the first trailer i didn't see the one that just came out a few days ago but um but uh yeah, I don't know. That that's kind of a an issue with a, a lot of these movies. Like, shit happens with one Avenger, and it's like that problem could have been solved if they just made a phone call to another Avenger. Right, like, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, that 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 happens in all the solo movies and even some of the team up movies. So, um, but I, I do wonder if it's going to be talked about because, like, it's, like this wasn't just like aliens invading earth like that that's that's definitely cataclysmic but this is like literally if this thing comes out of the earth fully the, the earth explodes and there's nobody going to be here and we just don't see any repercussions from the the larger cast which is kind of funny but yeah um not even in a post-credit scene really though right yeah so but i mean you got to think we did have something where like um we had um, what was I going to say? We had a, uh, Avenger, like Avenger, geez, Avengers Age of Ultron. We had the city falling out of the sky and it just gets briefly mentioned in Ant-Man. So, you know, like when, when he's like, well, maybe we need to call the Avengers. They're busy, you know, like dropping cities out of the sky, you yep. know, to worry about <laughs> this. So I feel like that's something that might be talked about, like, uh, Doctor Strange is like, you know, talking to Peter. He goes, you have your problems. There's fucking hands coming out of the earth. You know, like, <laughs> right, right. so, you know, we don't know. We don't know when I'm excited to it's, see where they come in. It's just funny because like in, in some of the other movies, like you can kind of justify like, OK, we know the Avengers exist. Like they're probably going to handle that situation. But nobody knows the Eternals exist. So it, it's just so fun, much funny because. It's like Doctor Strange, or maybe he does, but we don't get any indication that he knows the Eternals are here on Earth taking care of this issue, and he doesn't even just go to check it out to see. <laughs> like it's it's kind of funny because, like I said, if it happens, the world explodes, and then then what? Um, but it, it's just something I've come to accept with all these movies because that's that's just how it's going to be. Even like it happens maybe to a, a little bit lesser extent, but it happens in comics too. Like. A problem could be solved if they call a few of their friends that they team up with on a regular basis, but they right. just don't for whatever yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that all that is brought up. And like I said, I mean, I feel like they try to get away with it by just like saying a line or two and passing, and then they're like, "Okay, you know." So we'll probably get something yeah. similar to that. Um, but I guess I mean. Other than kind of talking about Tiamat, um, do you guys want to move on to the mid credit scene? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so the mid credit scene, uh, we kind of meet back up with the uh, celest or Celestials, the Eternals. Now they're kind of like, we have our Earth crew who just got taken away with Arishem, uh, where we don't know, and that was uh, Kingo... Cersei and Fastos and they get taken with Arishem and then we still have Druig, Thena and Makari who take the Domo, their ship, to talk to other Eternals about what 
is basically happening to them. And so we meet up with the, the three on the Domo and uh, Pip the Troll and Star Fox, a.k.a. Eros, a.k.a. Harry Styles, the Womanizer, <laughs> whichever one, I mean, <laughs> whichever one you want to go with. He comes on to their ship and tells them that he knows they're in trouble and that uh, he's going to help them. So, yeah. I don't know much about Star Fox. I know more about uh, the post credit scene. Um, what are our thoughts? I mean, we kind of mentioned it, but Alex, I mean, I know you're a huge One Direction fan. So what did this do for you? Mm-hmm. A uh, whole lot of nothing, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, like, I mean, the obvious complaint is Pip the Troll. Um, I Horrible. feel like we can sort of skip over that. Uh, first of all, how does Modoc tie into things now that Pip the Troll and Modoc sound the exact same? Right. Uh, oh, huge issue, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, Harry Styles' costume looked kind of Party City-esque as well to me, uh, thinking about it. I mean, I just was like, okay, this really feels like... Like, they probably had the like Eternals crew all there together, and they filmed that. Like, they were like, you know, this is the scene that we might have in the movie. And then Marvel or Disney was like, okay, now we're going to introduce Star Fox and Pip the Troll for some reason. Star Fox can't possibly be by himself. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so then they, like, brought Harry Styles in to, like, film that at a later date and just, like, you know, tied it in together. Um, it didn't really feel like... I mean, I, I kind of know a little bit about him. Like, he's like a super seducer, essentially. But, like, are, are we really going to let that fly in Marvel where they, like, you know, made a huge deal about this being PG-13 because we see the back of Richard Madden for 10 seconds? <laughs> hey, there's pubs, um, though. There's, there's... <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that there was, honestly. I don't think I saw any movement. I did. Um, no, it's like two statues. Um, so I just don't really know how he's going to play out here. Um, like the music there really leads me to believe that they're like going to try and loop these guys in with the guardians or try and, you know, guardianify this gang of people like they did in Thor and Thor three or whatever it's called, which I wasn't a huge fan of them doing that. The movie was good. I saw that look on your face. It was a good movie, but I just felt like they could have gone a different direction other than, well, it worked really well for the Guardians. Let's do it again here. And it worked really well. Um, but yeah, go ahead. It's just, it feels like they're doing the same thing, you know, like, here's our third Guardians crew. We don't really know how to handle people exploring in space other than 80s music and, um, you know, James Gunn-like shots. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it, it it didn't really do anything for me, to be honest. It definitely wasn't up there for some of the best, most memorable post and in credit scenes. Um, like, I like Harry Styles. Uh, you know, I, I I like his music, actually. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I think Fine Line is a great album. It is but, a great um, album. <laughs> it is great. Uh, I, I just didn't, I mean, I didn't know he was really an actor. I know he's going to be in that... Uh, the Olivia Wilde movie, but um, so we'll see how he does. Um, for the most part, Marvel has kind of knocked it out of the park with their casting. If there's nothing else to say, like they 
have done really great casting for the most part. So we'll see. Um, I know a little bit about Eros, not too much from the Thanos comics I've read. Um, he's in them a little bit and he's kind of just like an off side character. Like he's not super important. So it was like, it was again, like one of those, like it wasn't like seeing Thanos on screen for the first time in a post credit scene or Nick Fury or, you know, um, you know, in any of that, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't really do anything for me. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm excited to see where it goes, but I don't know, not really. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of there. Like, I, I feel like it was almost a waste of an end credit scene. Like, they could have done so much to set some more stuff up for the future. Like, we still haven't seen the. Well, I don't know. It might have been a Shang-Chi. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm, I'm going to watch that soon. But right. we still haven't seen really the effect of what happened in Loki. Um, I was hoping maybe we get a little bit of that in an end credit scene, or maybe it's going to be in Spider-Man. We'll see. Um, I'm assuming it's going to tie into that a lot because it's multiverse-type mm-hmm. stuff, Doctor Strange in it. But um, So we'll see with that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of... It was definitely not the most memorable end credit scene. If you ask me in a month what the end credit scenes for for Eternals, I'm going to be hard pressed to remember what they were. So. Right, Bethany, I'm going to tell you something. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm, tell, I'm, me. I'm, tell, I'm, me, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. No, no, no. I'm so sorry for ruining the post credit scene for you. The mid credit scene for you, because when I saw. Oh, that... I knew about it like a month <laughs> ago. Are you kidding? Okay, okay. Well, I'm just making sure because like I sent you that and I was like, <gasps> wait a minute. This isn't like confirmed, but yeah, I mean, there was, it was a lot of talk of Harry Styles entering the MCU, uh, with -hmm. Star Fox. And I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta send this to Bethany right away. And I didn't even like think, you know what? This is a spoiler. So, but yeah, go (laughs) ahead. Yeah. To to interject real quick. I I do remember seeing that, but then I forgot while I was watching the movie and then it happened and I was like, oh yeah, he was supposed to be in this. Right. It was just like, it was one of those things. Oh yeah, that's right. No, uh, the nation of Harry Styles have known about it for a long time. The nation. Uh, the nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's been, uh, people have been bringing signs to, like, his concert to be, like, confirm or deny. Confirm, like, wink, no. Bless you. <laughs> right. Um, so I think it was really funny. Um, I, I am a Harry Styles girl. I have been for a really, really long time. Uh, Quinn, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to have a, a t uh, sweatshirt in undergrad and it was, uh, all of Harry Styles tattoos and, uh, Mallory bought it for me. It was hysterical, but it was the most comfiest sweatshirt ever right. I wore all the time. <laughs> um, so I love him as a human. Uh, I love all of his music at the, I mean, I told you this, Quinn, I don't think at the beginning, I really didn't think he belonged in the MCU. I thought it was more of a, a ploy for Marvel to get any and all people to love the Marvel universe. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, they have a lot of a lot of the girls are like, where do I start watching? Like now right. that Harry's in it. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, you get <laughs> so yeah, you like, got some work to do. <laughs> you got some work. <laughs> I heard there's like a Chris Evans, like Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. They're like, okay, but like, which one? And you're like, just, uh, <laughs> like, just watch this one and you'll, you'll be you'll fine. You'll be fine, fine. yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I, th- I mean, if it worked for marketing, it worked. I know Chloe Zhao was really loving him and she had picked him out a long time ago. Like as she said on all of her interviews, she's like, I've been having my eye out for Harry since Dunkirk. Um, so I wasn't thrilled. Oh, he was in that. I forgot. Yeah. He was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, wa- I wasn't thrilled to have him, but you know, after, you know, thinking about who he's playing, really seeing, kind of the character that he will be portraying, I was like, okay, well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. And I really couldn't think of an, a, another appropriate individual to cast in that part that would, I think, do a, a good as equal or better job. So I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll entertain it. So we'll entertain it. One Direction got their, their big jump off of British Got Talent, was it? Britain's Got Talent, yeah. Okay, yeah, Britain's Got Talent. If you took one of those boys from One Direction and told me, yeah, he's going to be hitting on Angelina Jolie in a Marvel movie in 2021, I'd be like, all right, you're smoking crack. But <laughs> no, we definitely got that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. yeah, I'm there. Devin, what were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot of things you could go back and say if this ha- like this is going to happen in the future, right? So your past self, you're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> um, all right, so let's go ahead and kind of wrap this up. Um, I don't know how long this will take, but I want to talk about the post credit scene, and I have a lot to kind of throw at you guys. Um, but we kind of meet back up with Kid Harrington. Remember, he was in this movie um, as Dane Whitman, and he has some secrets that he was going to tell Cersei, but she gets whisked whisked away, you know, Um, and so he's stuck looking at this box with his family crest on it, hyping himself up, and then he opens the box, and it is a sword. Now, this sword was referenced uh, before when... They were reintroducing Makari and uh, Angelina Jolie's character is holding a sword and Sprite says, is that the ebony blade? And she goes, no, this is Excalibur. And then they went off on talking about Arthur. Um, the ebony blade is what we're looking at in that post credit scene. And um, yeah, then we have an unseen person questioning him whether he is ready for it. So, first off, do we know who that unseen person is? Yes. I do not. Okay. But I didn't see the scene. <clears throat> what? You didn't see it? <laughs> no, you I idiot? didn't. idiot? <laughs> I watched the either. first one, and I knew that the first one was there already. So, right. I was like, okay, great. I've seen everything. And I did a quick search to see if, like, there was a second one. Couldn't find anything really quick. And I was like, all right. Peace. That's Same. You didn't see I here. ran to- no, I ran to the bathroom. That was too long for me to sit in the theater. Okay. I, but I did. I, I, I did, looked it up, and there was I, I looked it there. up, too. I, I looked it up, and it. I did see that it had two, so I was like, right. okay, I'll stay. Okay, so, yeah, all right. So, yeah, this, I mean, Dane opens an, opens a chest that uh, is inherited from his ancestors that contains the legendary Ebony Blade when an unseen person questions him whether he is ready for it. So that unseen person, the voice that we hear, is that of Mahershala Ali as Blade. Mm, okay. So that is very interesting because Blade... Which of course, Blade 
is an ebony blade, so <laughs> yeah. it makes a lot of sense that he would ask him about that. Fair, fair. Yeah, no, he, he that ebony blade is like, I mean, it's it's a cursed sword, and it basically brings out the worst in you um, when you hold it. Like it's um, it's the opposite of what uh, people associate with, you know, like Excalibur, like the only the best person can grab the blade, whoever he is so worthy. I know I'm sounding like Thor and Mjolnir, but this is like, well, whoever can kill the most people will, will really let this blade shine. So the Ebony Blade, I mean, do you guys have any questions? I know that you were kind of talking about it earlier, Devin. Um, any questions that you or Bethany, I mean, Alex, I don't know what you know. Um, ask away and I'll, I, I want to give you guys the history, but I want to kind of do it organically instead of as a data dump. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely consider myself a, a Marvel fan, comic fan, but even that, um, was a little bit more obscure than I even knew. So, um, I was a little bit lost for that one, and, which I assume like, 90% of the audience was as well. You can say 96%, um, bro. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at, at first I thought maybe they were doing Moon Knight, but then the Moon Knight trailer came out a couple of days ago and it was Oscar Isaac. So, right. Um, which I, I did know that, but then I kind of forgot. And then when that happened, I was like, Oh yeah. Um, so that, that obviously wasn't it. So, um, yeah, no, that that one was even a little bit more obscure for me. Like, I knew who Star Fox was um, just because I read that Thanos 2018 run, that comic run, which was really good. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I would definitely – and I didn't look it up afterwards. Uh, I usually do, but, again, I kind of just forgot. No problem, <laughs> after yeah. After I got the call. So, um, but, yeah, it, it's – I would definitely like to know more and see where they go from there. Okay, well... And more Kid Harrington. Um, I, I'll always like more Kid Harrington. Hell yeah. So. Give me that accent any day. Um, Bethany, I know that you didn't really get to see the scene, but like anything that you wanted to know or that you want to add before I get into it? So aren't they... They're, they're prepping... They're doing Blade, right? They're doing Blade, yes. But they're also, yeah. they're also prepping for something else. Right, they're prepping for Kit to be Black Knight. Black Knight, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I looked it up a little bit, uh, afterwards. I, I knew beforehand, I watched one of those, like, what you should know about the Eternals before you go see the Eternals. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, like, a real rundown of, like, nonstop, um, data in, in your face. So, uh, I knew that Kit was going to be the Black Knight, that that was kind of something that they had set him up for, um, and uh, a little bit about the background of the Black Knight, um, I don't really know much about Blade, though. That, that's one of the characters that I, I don't really know much about. Okay. All right. Um, Alex, I, I know that you, you, you've seen those Blade movies, right? No. Dude. But I know enough about them <laughs> to not question it. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the only thing that I'm, like, curious about regarding this scene, I guess, is just, like, where does Kit slash 
whatever his real character's name is, the Black Knight, where does he even go from here? Like, he's gonna stab I the guess, fuck out of Arisham, dude. I guess the I guess Blade <laughs> has some sort of plan for him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be hiding in his closet waiting for him to show up. Right. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine but, if but, like they turned over and it's just Murtaugh Ali just like this? You sure you want to do that, Mr. Whitman? Hey. Um, so Blade must have some sort of plan for the Black Knight, but otherwise I just don't see, like, how he fits into everything. Like, he's a guy with a sword that's kind of like Mjolnir, but not really. Um, so, and it just drives him crazy, so, like, All right. I just don't really see Let's where go. we go from there. Alright, boys and girls. So, here's the thing. So, the Ebony Blade could also be uh, used in the terms of the Necrosword. And the Necrosword was invented by Merlin um, and then lost. And I'm talking about, you know, Merlin, the Merlin, like Arthur-esque uh, and all that. Um, and then was lost. And then it was retconned that the blade was made by and used by Noel from the planet Clintar which is where the symbiotes are from. So he is the king of the symbiotes. So he's Venom's dad. Um, and if you looked at that blade, Devin, could you tell some kind of like symbiotic like feeling in the blade when he's like about to touch it? Um, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Not that I, I remember. Yeah. Right. So Noel uses the blade and somehow it gets cast down to, um, Gore the God Butcher, who is going to be in Thor 4, uh, played by Christian Bale. Gore the God Butcher used it to behead a Celestial. Um, and that Celestial is what we see as nowhere. So um, there might be ties into that. And so then it's passed down from there, given to um, the Whitman family and... From there, like, uh, a long line of Black Knights were made and used, and the Ebony Blade slash Necrosword, whichever, um, was used and used and used until Dane's uncle used it, and then it got taken. You know, like, it just, it, and this, this blade gives you, I think, immortality. So, again, I feel like, (laughs) You know, if Dane gets this, he's pretty much sold with Cersei, you know, like, hey, just keep living yeah, their true. lives. But true. I think what we're going to see is, uh, you're going to say something, Bethany? Sorry. Oh, no, I just turned on. You're good. Okay. Um, I, I assume what we're getting is, oh, God, I would lose my shit if this happened, is Kit Harrington becomes the Black Knight, works with Blade, and is in the Blade movie. Like, how... Bro, Kid Harrington and Marshall Ali together. That's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds like the direction they're going, if 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 all that's true, for sure. Um, But again, that, like, a small percentage of people is going to know what you just said. (laughs) I know, I know. I mean, I guess it made sense to be an in-credit scene, because it's like, oh, for for the real Marvel fans, like, they'll get this. But, like, for most people, it was like, Oh, okay, cool. I guess we're <laughs> right. Kid Harrington, but yeah. you know, yes, you're not wrong in, in thinking that for sure because um, this will make more sense later down the road. Um, and this was just like a big teaser for those that are like, yeah, okay, okay. 
but I think we're going to be getting Blade in uh, uh, almost said White Moon, Moon Knight. So <laughs> I, I feel like he's going to be in there because I think the rumors are, and this is just speculation on my part, uh, we're getting Dracula in Moon Knight, and I I think Ethan Hawke is going to play Dracula, dude. So just keep that in mind. Cool. Um, and if you have Dracula, you have to have Blade, right, Alex? Yeah, of course. That's what happened in the other movies. Right. So uh, I would assume that all that kind of takes place. So we could even see Kid Harrington in Moon Knight. We don't know. I have no idea where this is going to go. This is all speculation. But this. Well, and I mean, they are ramping up like vampires. And, I mean, because Mobius, I know that's technically a part of the Sony universe. Morbius, not Mobius. Now yeah, Morbius. Sorry. Come on. We, uh, um... Hey, it's just a distinction. <laughs> we have to get down. You know, right, it's no, not Owen Wilson. Um, you're right. Um, but I know I know Morbius is technically part of the Sony universe, but seems like they're tying that in with, I mean, obviously, spoiler, the Venom in credit scene mm-hmm. um, to the MCU. I haven't seen Venom. I just saw the scene because I was right. like, oh, you got it. I you need have to see, see it. this. Yeah. Um, but seems like they're tying that with the MCU, um, the Sony universe, too, now. So, um, you know, we're getting vampires. Obviously, it makes sense that Blade is coming. So, um yeah, no, that, that'd be really cool to see a, a team up with, um, Kid and Mahersha Ali. I think they're both great actors and, um, probably couldn't have nailed it any better with that casting. So, uh, you know, that's going to be pretty cool to see in the future. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I want this. I want, like, to have Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, and Kid Harrington, like, in a project together. I mean, look, I promise you I'm straight, but like, that's it. <laughs> that's it for me. Like it's gone. I've, it's gonna be something entirely different. Really, right? Ethan Hawke, huh? Yeah, I love Ethan. Hawke. You know that I love Ethan Hawke, dude. Come on. I know that. Yes, you did. I, I talked to you about that. Oh, okay, whatever. I mean, it just shows you're not a good friend. But anyway, but yeah. So like, that's kind of my, um, that's kind of my thoughts, I guess. Uh, and like I said, I'm just super excited for what we're getting there than with Harry Styles right now. Sorry, Bethany. I just, it's just how it is, man. So. That's okay. I'm kind of there right now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, with the explanation, that definitely sounds like the more, the cooler of the two. Yeah. Um, neither of them really did anything for me in the moment, but you know, with that explanation, I, I I'm definitely more interested in that storyline playing out than whatever's going to happen with Harry Styles. So, <laughs> Yeah, I I'm excited for everything. I mean, like I there's no there's nothing that I'm not going to see that Marvel comes out with. And I know that, you know, is ridiculous, but it's just how they've groomed me. You know, I'm just I'm I'm ready to see what they got. So um, but I mean, is there anything else that you guys want to discuss? I mean, we kind of went through all of it without really like detailing everything. I think what we had here was. A pretty pretty stellar conversation. I would hate to leave it uh, with you guys not being able to say what you need before we uh, sign off here. Um, yeah, there was one last thing I want to say um, about the movie Eternals. I thought there was one scene in particular that I thought was very, very well done. Um, probably one of my favorite Marvel scenes, and I'm probably going to go back and revisit more. Um, was when they were in the year 1500 or whatever, uh, at whatever that battle was, 
And they were kind of just debating, like, whether or not they should step in and stop the war from happening because of genocide, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was a very powerful scene, and I thought that really displayed the... I, I guess the the masterfulness of the craft of Zoe, Chloe Zhao. Um, and you know that, who that's like, when really I, catapulted that scene, right? Barry Keegan. Yeah, yeah. yeah so was, just keep keep that good. in mind, there, good. Alex. He was good enough. <laughs> but, but but to me, that that's I would have loved more of that. Like I felt like this is an actual filmmaker finally taking on Marvel. Um, and, and it like showed specifically in that scene, like it was, there was stakes. I mean, the, the dialogue was great. The back and forth they were having the internal conflict each of them were having. Um, I, I wanted more of that, which, um, like I said, it, this movie would have been, I think it would have been very cool to see just like a, a drama and more scenes like that play out kind of them debating on whether or not, they should step in here or they shouldn't step in there. Um, but that was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's really all I got to say about that. But, um, I, it kind of sounds like in this discussion that, um, maybe I didn't like the movie or whatnot, but I did really enjoy it. Um, obviously I'm going to point out some of the flaws more than I'm going to point out some of the things that I like. But at the end of the day, it was a good movie. Um, it's not the best Marvel movie, but it's certainly not the worst. Um, I don't think it deserves the title of the worst rated Marvel movie. I think there are definitely at least, I could probably name 10 off the top of my head right now that are worse than mm-hmm. this. Um, so I, I think it was a little unfairly judged there, but um, you know, hopefully Chloe Zhao gets another shot at it because I think she's brilliant. Um, she wants to and, come back. She said she yeah. loved she loved doing this film and she loves these actors. She loves these characters and she doesn't want anybody else to really, you know, mess with them because she thinks that she, what she had so much fun. So I'm and yeah. I'm like I'm totally there. Like I don't want anybody yeah. else to do it either. Exactly. You know. Um, so hopefully she comes back for Eternals too. Um, and yeah. Cool. Um, Alex, any any last thoughts you want to mention before we uh, kind of sign off? Uh, I just want to know if the Hiroshima scene was really weird for everybody else. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree um, with that because of what we see with Fastos later, and kind of what Barry or Barry what uh, Drug says, like he's kind of been done with um, humanity for a while. I mean, was he, you know, because, <laughs> like, here he is, you know, fixing his mm. son's bike. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. It just seemed like it didn't need to be there at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, that They could have done without that or fleshed it out a little bit more, which they obviously had a specific runtime they had to hit, but... Um, yeah, either take it out or flesh it out more. Cause like, yeah, it, it was kind of weirdly placed. And then like, it went from literally one minute he's done with humanity. Then 30 seconds later, he mm-hmm. loves humanity again. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's trying to save it so he could see his son grow up and all. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, well, Bethany, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, just justice for fastest. He should have had more time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get shirts made. Definitely. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Like, I would easily, easily get that going, so I'd love that. Listen, I've got a cricket. We're good. We'll <laughs> right, right. Shop. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm so glad I got to get this team on. You guys really showed out. Um, we're almost at two hours. Well, no, we'll be at two hours by the time we're done with this. So, um, we haven't had a long episode like this in a while and I couldn't ask for a better crew. So I hope you guys know you're welcome back anytime, especially Alex and Devin. Um, Bethany, you're kind of stuck with me for a little while. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I, Hope you guys enjoy this review as much as we enjoyed uh, doing the talking. Um, please make sure to check out our other stuff. This has been a bonus episode of uh, The Eternals. Um, Devin, please let the people know where they can find you if, if you want them to find you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not really doing much right now. Quinn kind of alluded to it earlier, but uh, uh, me, him, and Alex used to have our own podcast, uh, Propeller Movies. Um, just something kind of silly we did in college, um, and a little bit after, uh, it was really fun. Um, but kind of life took over and didn't really have as much time to keep up with it as I would have liked. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting back into the, the podcasting game. Uh, this kind of reminded me how much fun we used to have recording that kind of just <laughs> talking and shooting the shit about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter at underscore D Tammins. Um, I, I just I tweet about whatever. So uh, that, you're not really yeah, kidding. you're like one of the <laughs> four people I I like follow on Twitter that isn't like PS5 stocks right now, like trying to figure out <laughs> they're gonna restock the shelf. Um, it's yeah. either that or like just you know just random Spider-Man stuff. But I always yeah. love hearing what you said, and I, I always love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, that's underscore D T A M M O N S. Um, you can follow me if you want. I mean, don't expect much, uh, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, but no, this is really fun. I would definitely love to come back. Uh, might talk Quinn into letting me talk about uh Spider-Man no way, no way home. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we'll see. We'll see, bud. I'm serious. We'll see. So, um, Alex, how about you, man? I mean, you live a pretty sheltered life, so I don't even know if you actually have a laptop or anything. Sheltered. Interesting. <laughs> you re- had us record this on Skype, which is 35 <laughs> years too old yeah. to be using. Um, anyway. Um, well, like, like Devin said, this was great to at least come back. Um, I spend a lot of time, well, at least with the Spider-Man podcast that you've been putting out i spend a lot of time wishing that i could just argue with you um, about <laughs> your points uh so it's nice to you know have a conversation with you about that for once um even though we mostly agreed for this movie i'd say for the most part yeah. um uh so looking forward to arguing with you about some other marvel movies sometime soon i'm sure for sure i mean um, this weekend i'll i'll get to actually punch you so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> fisticuffs so um <clears throat> uh, I suppose if you really want, you can find me on Twitter uh, at aandroff21. Uh, and if you want to see the full Eternals vision, check out Zack Snyder's Justice League Get out. on HBO Max. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. Um, Get out! No, that I'm cutting that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I Alex, you're great, Devin. I seriously couldn't have asked for two great guys to to come on. I'm so glad that I was just like, 
you know what? I've had enough. We need to talk about this movie. Get on here. And uh, we'll have to do it again. I'm serious. I'd love to get you guys on and talk about maybe maybe a movie that's not with Marvel. You know, like I yep. I remember we, we did talk about some other stuff before. So we'll have to get back for Transformers 7, I guess. <laughs> no way. Yeah, you, you're lucky you didn't bring me on when uh, the fucking Rise of Skywalker or whatever the fuck that call came out. Right. right. Uh, that that would have been a totally different podcast. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be talking now, no. Um, <laughs> but Bethany, um, I I know I can speak for for everyone and especially myself. I'm very excited to have you on for uh, future episodes. Um, we obviously it, it helps that we've known each other for a very long time, but um, you always bring your A game, and I really appreciate it. So thank you. Absolutely. I mean, I was just trying to figure out a way to get on to the Spider-Man No Way Home episode, and now I have written myself into it. That's so right. <laughs> I win out yep. of all of this. I'm the one winning. So, um, Devin, let me hook back up with you, man. I'm serious. I yep. was it was it uh, Sean? He said whenever we were talking about that, he says you need to get your own Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we could work something out there. We'll see. So, that will be chaotic. Okay. Yeah, you're telling me. So but so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just a huge ass round table. We'll 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 figure it out. Um, I'd love to get you guys back on for sure. So I'll I'll shoot you guys uh, a fax in a little while about it. So a fax. Oh yeah. yeah. By the way, how much am I getting paid for this? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's all the time we have. We guys had, a, had a great time. Uh, thank you guys again. This was a lot of fun. Uh, This is The Real Zodiac Bonus Reel talking about Eternals, and we will see you next time. Keep it real.